filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. Hey, hey, welcome in. It is episode two of this week of Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast. Uh, We're going to jump right into this preview of the Philadelphia Union and DC United uh, happening this Sunday at Audi Field. It'll be the second time in this still young 2017 or 2017. What the heck am I talking about? (laughs) 2021 season. I am going time is a social construct and I refuse to acknowledge it. Uh, Second time this young season that DC United will play a defending champion as uh, the Philadelphia union are the current holders of the supporter shield. Uh, Watch them on buzzard point this Sunday at 7 PM. If you can't make it down to Audi field, watch it on NBC sports, Washington or tell Exitos on TV, or you can stream it at dcunited.com. If you are in the immediate area or ESPN plus, if you are off in the hinterlands, Matt Ralph covers all things dupe for our sister site, the brotherly game.com. And uh, he's been kind enough to come back on the show to uh, help us preview this one. Matt, welcome back. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you guys. What are you drinking tonight? I don't have anything. I, sh- I should probably get some water, but uh, you're going to be doing a fair amount of talking. So that's not a <laughs> not a bad call. Uh, Jason and I are both drinking the same things we were earlier in the week because it, it you know a little peek behind the curtain. We are recording this immediately after we we wrapped we up recording. We did lose Ben, though. We did lose uh, Ben. Ben Ben is no longer with us in the recording sense. He's yeah. he's alive and well, but. Um, he he won't be on this this particular episode. Um, Matt, let's let's get to it. Uh, we're going to start with the really hard hitting stuff here. Jim Curtin can dress himself, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 something, right? I mean, you know, traditionally he's you know he's been like a suit guy, and he, he's he's done really well with the suits, and he always looks sharp. But you know, he's kind of taken on the. You know he's gone. He's gone a whole new direction this season with hoodie with, life, uh, man. With hood, the hoodies alternating between colors, selling them out every time he wears them, and he's got the shoes too that are uh, that are that are capturing a lot of attention as well. Yeah, I think hey, I'm pretty sure DC United has sold more of the jacket that Hernan Losado wears for home games. At least uh, I certainly got one. <laughs> um, I can only imagine how happy the the union merch staff is with with Jim Curtin right now. Yeah, I mean, I keep joking that he's uh, he's trying to raise money for his new contract, but uh, you know, <laughs> that is that well, that's that, that's one of the concerns I think at this point is is uh, you know he's you know he's no he's no longer a secret. It's no longer a secret that he's he's you know one of the top coaches in the league, and he's he's done more with with little than any, just about any other coach in uh, maybe the history of the league at this point. Um, and if you look at their, what they're paying, paying out for players versus, you know, the, the number of points they had last season and 
you know, you compare them to teams that are like Atlanta or Cincinnati that had what thirty points combined last season, and they're paying, you know, pay, paying, uh, you know, paying out the the, the the salaries they're paying. So I mean, he's, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's our he's our guy here in Philadelphia, and he's he's doing great, and it's uh, it's hard not to to root for him as a as a person and as a as as a head coach at this point. Can I before we before we go to our next question? I do want to give some credit to Jim Curtin because his. Uh, he had a complaint last year about the field or the, the grass length uh, at Audi Field. Um, and at the time, I was like, well, the grass really doesn't look too long. But one thing that did was it made me, from then on, really pay close attention to the condition of the field. And so I noticed that DC did, after that, let it get significantly longer. It became kind of comical. Um, but then this year, it also helped me realize from uh, – a spirit preseason game that the field dimensions were being uh, tightened up, uh, which was, I believe, uh, I I think I might have been one of the first people to pick up on that anywhere outside of the organization. Um, and that came from Jim Curtin saying like, hey, this grass is too long, uh, which uh, it occurs to me every single time when I go in, and I'm like, let me look <laughs> at the pitch. Let me see how things are going. Okay. Jim Curtin said the grass was too long. It looks like it's it's real short today. So that's good. Um, so I guess he'll be, unless they let him, it would be very funny to me if the team was like, it would be very against Lasada's tactics. It'd be very funny if they were like, let's let the grass go out again this week, just to mess with Jim Curtin. I'm going to spite <laughs> ourselves for the sake of a joke. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. That's commitment to the bit. And that's important. Uh, yeah. We're here yeah, for definitely. that. That is one of the first rules of filibuster. If I had actually committed to the bit, I would have said it's the first rule, but I failed. <laughs> yeah. That's an old baseball trick, though, right? You know, the 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 team that is doesn't have a good infield, they they mm-hmm. they, they let the, the infield grow long to to help them um, in the game. But yeah, yeah, I didn't remember that about Jim. You know, it's 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 always uh his his press conferences are always really interesting. You, mm-hmm. you, you never you you really never know what he's going to bring up sometimes, mm-hmm. and you kind of start to you know the longer you cover a team, you think okay, he's probably gonna. He's probably going to talk about this thing, and then he'll just come out like in his opening statement. And like the other day, it was like his opening statement. He's like, "I, I just want to congratulate Mark McKenzie and Brendan Aronson." It's like for trophies, you know. It was just, it was, yeah, it was great. But it was like, okay, like I was not, you know, you know, if I was going to put, you know, put bets on what he would start talking about, that would not be the thing. Usually, that's like an end of press conference uh, mm-hmm. thing you do, but. You know, that one of the things that, that that is nice about covering the team is that, you know, there there's an article today in the Delco Times about him talking about his high school closing. <laughs> so, you know, he's a guy that, and uh, I, you know, I thought about that. I was like, I don't know how you work that question into a press conference, um, uh, you know, about the union because uh, it has nothing to do with the union. But, you know, Matt to George, the, the, the writer for Delco Times, he did a great job, like, you know, writing about, you know, this high school closing that he played, you know, he went to high school with, played basketball and soccer there and probably baseball too. And, you know, it's just, the thing, you just, he, you know, you got a topic, you ask him a question, he's going to give you quotes for it. So, I mean, that's, uh, you know, it's always, it's always, it always makes the pressers a little bit more interesting than, than they would be uh, otherwise. And then sometimes he calls Gabrielle Heinz an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Or at least says he was acting like one, I guess. Depending <laughs> on how you, depending on how you pick it up. Yeah, that was definitely a that was a, that was a fun one. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, all right, so Matt, uh, on the the actual playing front, you know, the union still kind of hammering away at the league. It doesn't look like you you talked before we went on about how demanding this schedule has been. Um, but they're coming off of a win over the Red Bulls, despite rotating a couple guys out. You know, um, Shabilko only played I think half an hour. Maybe maybe it's not too many rotation uh, players rotated out. Obviously, Jose Martinez was suspended. Um, so that's not rotation, but he's not there. Um, how is he's it? On going? A re- he's on a regular rotation of uh, missing yeah. games every every so often. Well, he he gets himself the rest. He finds yeah. a way to make it happen on his own. Um, but how how are things going? Big picture, this is kind of a challenge for the union having these Champions League games and then MLS. It's it's um, really kind of a demanding thing to go through. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting, Jason. I've been thinking about this because. You know, the narrative is, you know, there's been a lot around that narrative. It is every year. I don't pay attention to it as much because the union have never been in Champions League. So, uh, you know, I do recognize that, you know, I think Toronto probably still has the, is, is still the poster child of how not to, you know, do well in Champions League and completely tank the league. But, um, you know, th- this is actually a team. It's interesting. I think the union are a team that does really well midweek. And they have done mid well midweek historically, at least for the last few years. And so in some ways, like, you know, you can look at it and say, oh, well, you know, they've had this 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 seven games in 19 days and it's been really, really, really grueling. And I'm not going to downplay that, but they are a team that that has played well in those conditions. And so, um, you know, they did lose a couple games you know, I think the Eastern Conference right now we can talk about is very interesting six games in with, you know, if they lose, if, if Red Bull comes back and, and, and wins that game, then, you know, they go from now they're tied with a bunch of teams on eight points to, you know, five points at the bottom of the table. So, uh, you know, it. I do think, you know, those are the types of games, though, that's how you that's how you win when you when you have a bunch of games, you win a game one nothing. You know, you, you, you tie a really strong New England team midweek like they did. Uh, but, no, I think they are a team that and, – and, and they've been without Jose Martinez before and they've, they've done well. Uh, you know, they're, they're a group that, that seems to almost, like, you know, do, do best when they're not expected to do to, – you know, it's like people are like, oh, well, we, we could understand if they're not doing – you know, not going to do well in a game. Um, and, then they, and then they come out and perform and then – you know, sometimes when you expect the opposite, you know, the, it, things don't go well. And in and, and the game against NYCFC, I mean, no one's no one's getting a red card in the 16th minute, and and, and very few teams are going to tie that game. And they they were still in it; they had a chance to come back and still maybe get a result out of it. But you know, it's really hard to 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 be too too judgy of a team that is playing down a man that long. So. If you take that out, you know, you got you had the Higuain brothers with, you know, just, uh, you know, an incredible, uh, you know, display of, of uh, you know, just an emotional experience for them. You know, there was so much going on with that, with, you know, with their mom, um, you know, you know, basically, you know, a few days away from 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 dying. And um, so you, you kind of take you kind of you, you kind of chalk that one up as, you know, one of those nights where. They played. They played. They played well enough to win. Um, so they didn't. They, I guess what I'm saying is they didn't lose to Inter Miami because of CCL, um, mm-hmm. and they didn't lose to NYC because. 
because of CCL. So I do think that the team has done what they do. They, they've, they've stuck, you know, they stuck to their system and their, and their game plan. They, they haven't necessarily been sharp, um, but they, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's a result of CCL. I don't know, but I, I do think they're also a team that doesn't have to be sharp to, to get results either. So, uh, so it's been, a, it's been an interesting run. And I think if the, if someone else in the league had started off a little stronger, I would, I would, I would maybe be a little bit, maybe more that, that would meet, may, maybe make more sense to me that the idea that like, Oh, the CCL is like, is, is dragging them down in the league. But I think they're probably about where, where I expected them to be. And and where you know where most teams it seems like are uh, have been in, in terms of coming out of preseason, you've seen a lot of really inconsistent um, results and you know back and forth kind of thing with a lot of teams right now, and uh, they're, they they haven't been immune from that. Yeah, the entire Eastern Conference is the jumbled middle, except mm-hmm. for Chicago and Cincinnati, who are not <laughs> in in the middle. Um, and we're all grateful that Seattle is in the Western Conference and not in the East right now. <laughs> Um, because yeah, they're the one team that kind of knows what they're doing. Yeah, which is not typical for Seattle, right? They usually no. do the. They usually Famously. do the. You know, no one, no one's paying attention to them because they're nowhere near the top of the table. Then they, you know, last seventeen games of the season, they they can't lose, right? So. Yep. Uh, you mentioned the system that Philly wants to run. Are they still running that high press four four two diamond, and and what's involved? Yeah, I mean that's that. I would say without Jose, it hasn't necessarily been. Uh, it, it's it's looked a little different without Jose. I mean, I think he's so important to the um, the way they want to run the four four two diamond, just because he is he covers so much space and he's so aggressive. I mean, that's also partly why he gets himself into uh, you know these suspension situations with with cards and stuff, but you know, they had Leon Flock there for three games and, you know, he's, he's, you know, he did a great, I mean, he did an admirable job. He's, he's, he's a really strong player who's, who has, has shown a lot of promise, but it, it doesn't, um, it does look a little different when you don't, I mean, who isn't different when they, when you take out a player of, of, of Jose Martinez's uh, caliber uh, and, and not having Brendan Aronson this year, it looks a little bit different without him. They don't quite have, they don't have a 10 that can, they can cover as much state as much ground and, and as defensively as strong as Brendan was. Um, and the 10 spot is a little bit kind of a question mark still, you know, the, there was a lot of talk about Anthony Fontana filling that role. It, it, he's there's questions, you know, there's questions about him and, and in terms of how, you know, how, how much of a 10 he is in that system. Um, he's, he's a solid player. He's, he's, he, you know he can certainly score goals and he can punish punish teams, but uh, it, it hasn't been um, at quite at the level I would say as last year. But it, it's definitely still the same sort of approach where they do want to, um, you know, they they really do want, you know, to to you know they're they're after the ball uh, all ninety minutes and they're they're really trying to make you make a mistake so they can. Uh, so they can score off that, and 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 offensively they haven't been as strong, in, at least in in uh, in league play, and really in CCL as well. They've, I think they benefited from Atlanta's, uh, you know, uh, arrogance a little bit in the way they they set up tactically against against them. Benefited a little bit with Red Bull playing them straight up and not really playing them straight up very well, and 
they've been really dangerous on set pieces, which is historic in the last two years is not something you would say about the union. So um, that's where they they've gotten their, you know, the, the, there hasn't been a, their biggest threat at this point, I would say is, is on the set piece in terms of scoring goals. So man, you know, you're speaking of this goal scoring situation, I think, um, one thing that maybe fans might have even forgotten he was attached to the team. Uh, the union got Corey Burke back from his uh, very convoluted. We probably don't even have time to get into exactly what happened there, but Corey Burke was unavailable for a year. He was playing elsewhere. Now he's back. Um, how has that changed the dynamic? Because now the union have him as well as Shabilko and Sergio Santos. And they've started to have a couple of these other uh, younger players. You mentioned Fontana, Quinn Sullivan, uh, Pax and Aronson, they've all kind of had their moments as part of either the midfield or the front line. So ha- how has that group looked or how are they maybe making up for the fact that Brendan Aronson uh, is over in Austria? Yeah. So yeah, Corey, I mean, what a, what a long and convoluted journey, you know, with him losing his visa, you know, when he left in April 20th was his last game of 2019 and he didn't play again until last season. So um, you know, he at the at very end of last season. So it had been a very long time. He did play a little bit in Austria on loan. He played back home in Jamaica a little bit on loan as well. Um, you know, he came back and and then, you know, so he finally gets he's preseason. Okay, the guy's back, right? And he gets hurt in preseason. So he missed a bunch of preseason. He came out in the Atlanta game and just that first half of that game, the the first leg down in Atlanta and was just absolutely maybe the worst I've ever seen him in a game you know he couldn't hold the ball he just just wasn't really doing anything of of note and then you know they go to you know nothing like Chicago to uh you <laughs> know for what else like, yes yeah it seriously is and you know he scored a great goal there and then you know he scored in the he scored the only goal in the, the game against uh, Red Bull so he's got two and three and he you know he's a he's a player that is kind of hard to pin down because he is uh he he still is a player that can surprise you and you know he's obviously you know you you look at him you see his size you see his the I mean the the his his length that he can really just cover a lot of ground defensively um you know he's 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 you know he when he's on he's on and I think he just brings you know, he's scored, he's scored a lot of goals for that team over the years. Um, and he scored a lot for their second team in USL. And, uh, you know, he, he's a little, he's a little redundant if Casper's on the field with him. And, you know, that was maybe the part of the problem with that, that, that game down in Atlanta. Uh, but Santos has had his struggles. He's been hurt. Uh, you know, so I, you know, I think in terms of, uh, you know, their, their forward, their forward situation, it, it hasn't been, I wouldn't. I would say it hasn't been their 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 strength this year. Uh, you know, Jack DeVries is a young player who's not really played a whole lot, and he's been in concussion protocol for, I mean, gosh, like five weeks now, maybe. Uh, so, you know, they haven't really had. Um, they haven't had. They haven't had healthy forwards. I mean, and and El Sino has been out. Um, you know, he got hurt, came back, got hurt again, played. I don't even know how many minutes in a game, and he got hurt again. So. There, that's really an area they haven't had, um, and that's probably why they've had to rely a little more on set pieces. Is they they haven't had 
you know, healthy forwards. <laughs> they haven't had all three other or all four of their forwards healthy at the same time. And then in terms of the, you know, you know, create creativity in the midfield has been missing without Brendan. I mean, Jamiro has, is an incredible player and he's, you know, he's, he's kind of been the guy who's been creating a lot off the ball, but uh, you know, Fontana is not that, he's not that creative player. And um, you know, I don't, I don't know why anyone was expecting him to be because that's not really his game. Um, you know, he's a, he, you know, in some ways he might be better as a striker because of how good he is close to goal. And I mean, you know, his shot, he has incredible shot. He's very accurate, very efficient as a player. Um, so that's, that's probably the area that they're still trying to, trying to figure out. And now at this point, waiting for Daniel Gauskag, um, the Hungary and national team player, Hungary player of the year, I guess, right in the in the, the mm-hmm. Hungary league there. So uh, he's going to be a he's going to be a big lift for this team because they, you know, they they, you know, there there are some 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 aspects of their attack that just aren't really where I think they need to be and where they want to be. You've talked about the hole left by Brendan Aronson when he left to to go to RB Salzburg. Um, another homegrown player who, who left was Mark McKenzie, went to Gank. Um, center back who I think DC United fans remember most for scoring a banger against us. Um, that hopefully Brendan Heinzeit can kind of exercise that memory a little bit with his similar blast from earlier this year. But how how's the center back core been in the defense in general without McKenzie back there? Yeah, you know, I I think going into it, you know, it's funny to say like, oh, McKenzie would probably be the player that you would miss less than Aronson. Um, and, and it feels like almost like you're a slight to the guy who was pro- arguably, you know, was one of the best defenders in the league last year. But they really, you know, they had they already had Jack Elliott and they have Jack, Jack Elliott um, and he's been doing really great on, you know, as a, as a left-sided center back, that's not his natural position, but you know, you could, you could fool me that he, you know, when he uses his left foot, you wouldn't necessarily know like, Oh, he's not a left footed player. He's been, he's been really strong. And then him pairing with, with Glessness, you know, the expectation when they signed, you know, Stuart Finley was that, you know, he's a natural left-footed left-sided center back. And so, you know, I always say like, Hey, if you're going to go out and, pay a transfer fee, use an international spot for a center back. He's the guy you intend to be the starter and he's been hurt. Uh, so another injury and, uh, you know, they haven't really, you know, they haven't really skipped a beat as far as their defense. I mean, they've, they've probably not been as, as, as clean or as, as strong as they were with McKenzie back there. Uh, but I don't know how much that is like McKenzie's absence and how much that is just, you know, some of the, the other things that we've been talking about in terms of, you know, when you do have, when you're, you know, when you have, um, you know, injuries in preseason and the, you know, you know, you don't have, you know, in terms of like just kind of getting that game, that game sharpness and stuff, I think they're still trying to find some of that in, in the pairing, but, you know, they, they, they're still a really, a really tough defense to break down and, you know, Jack Elliott and Jacob Glasnies are both big presences on uh, on on set pieces as well. You know, Jack usually scores against New England. He didn't he didn't this time around, but 
uh, Jacob Leslie's had a goal against uh, Chicago. And, you know, as, as far as a back line, it's like as, as if, as if Andre Blake isn't enough of a task to try to beat, you know, you got, you got, you know, two really, really uh, quality center backs and, and, and presumably a third if Finley does get onto the field. I mean, he's been, he's been battling back. He did play 40 minutes last weekend in a, in a uh, inner squad match. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're doing pretty good on that front. So going back, I think to the beginning of this podcast in 2012, uh, I've liked to ask people, how would you game plan against your own team this year? That question feels a little different because we know that Hernan Losada is going to do his game plan no matter what. Um, <laughs> He, he said only 30% of it comes down to who they're playing. The rest of it is just what they want to be doing, which I, I respect the, the, the dogmatism. But putting that aside, if you were wearing Hernan Losada's very stylish jacket across from Jim Curtin in his wonderful hoodies and, and sneakers, uh, what would you be focusing on on the field? What would you try to take away from Philadelphia? What would you try to exploit? Where would you start your game plan? I, you know, I would look at the film from the New England game. Uh, I would look at I would look at what Bruce Arena has figured out how to do against the Union. And one of the things I, you know I noticed this last time too is that is the spacing, the way that I mean Bruce Arena is you know the guy like you know he literally like draws up you know you know it's like a tra- it looks like a chessboard out there, and you can see like especially from the press box, you like almost can watch Bruce Arena playing chess with his players. The way he spaces them out, the way he you know he has them, uh, you know, because like the in the game, the Union every time they w- it looked like they had a break, there would be two guys behind the ball, um, and that's not an accident. That that was that's drawn up. That that that. Um, and you know you you lose a little bit going forward because because the the union want you the union want you to play them straight up because if you play them straight up they will they will exploit you and um, one of the things that you I've noticed from the games that uh, the playoff game with you know Bruce Arena in New England is that you know. There, there, there are no, there are in no hurry. <laughs> there, there are no, like they're not trying, they're not trying to, to force the issue. They're just, they're just, they're keeping their shape, they're keeping their spacing, and they're not, um, you know, they're they're allowing certain certain parts of the field. They're allowing the union to kind of move the ball and to use the space, but then they're they're closing down the areas where they know. I mean, the top of the, the top of the, you know, they have the. Jim calls it the red zone, like the, the sort of the, the top of the box and that key, which which is where Brandon Aronson was just a complete assassin. Um, he'd get the ball there and, you know, you, you know, he can, he can, I mean, you're even seeing it still at Red Bull Salzburg. Like, you know, he gets the ball there. He's either scoring it himself or he's distributing it to someone for an easy goal. So, um, you know, and one of the things you, I did, you, you, this two center backs really did do, do a good job of covering that space. I mean, they, the one goal the union scored to, to tie the game late was, uh, was, was an elbow to the, you know, I mean, I guess the way to, I guess the way to beat Turner is to take, you know, elbow him in the face. So he can't, he can't save, save, save a shot. So, um, you know, they did, I thought they did an excellent job again. Like there's no, like, and it's a typical like Bruce arena kind of team where, 
you know, they're really, they, you know, they look like they're not in a hurry to get anywhere or to do anything except just kind of just hang, hang out and stop you from, from getting any, getting too many opportunities. And then uh, certainly having a goalkeeper like Matt Turner, uh, you know, plays into that system as well. But um, that's that, you know, that's why I always say don't play, don't play them straight up because that's how they want you to play them. They're set up to basically be a team that will, will make you think that you like, and that happened in that Atlanta game, you know, they, you know, they thought, okay, well, we got this team We're you know, we create all these chances in the first half and we just, we just didn't have the, the final shot to beat Blake. And, 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 and meanwhile, you also use a, a tremendous amount of energy to get the, to create all those chances. And then, uh, you know, they pushed up and, and, the union are like, thank you very much. We'll win three three nil and take that take that to the semifinal of the CCL. So, I don't usually ask a follow up question on this one, but I'm going to this time uh, because Hernan Mossad is not going to sit back and slow the game down. He's going to do the exact opposite at every opportunity. How did the union handle a high press? Well, you know they did they did handle the high press against New York Red Bulls. And I think the area where it started to kind of feel like the Red Bulls probably had a chance to really, they really did have, they really should have tied the game um, was as the game, as the game wore on, because again, they had all those games under their legs. There hasn't been any rotation on the back line. Um, I think the left uh, Kyle Wagner missed like 26 minutes or something, but, or he played one game he played 26 minutes, but Every all four of them have started every single other game, and so I do think that the the press will wear the wear the back line down, um, and I do think there are opportunities there to uh, to 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 beat them like the Red Bulls had. I mean, they really they really had three three quality chances to 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 score in that game late, um, but. <laughs> you know, it's a gamble, right? It's like, you know, um, and I think, you know, it's interesting when you do start to look at like, you know, a team that presses against a team that presses, someone's gonna, someone's gonna get the upper hand. And the problem is, is that, you know, if, if you're not, if, if they're beating you to the ball, then you're gonna, you're, you're having, you're gonna have some, some problems. And so, um, I say that like they've had a weak rest, they should be good. But you know, again, I just you know you you start to you start to say like, well, maybe they actually play better when they they have the shorter rest because of uh, because of the type you know this sort of um, frenetic you know disruptive kind of way they play. Um, the longer you're away from it, maybe maybe that's not necessarily a good thing. Well, whatever happens uh, Sunday night at Audi Field, it it we know that the players are going to run. A lot. <laughs> yes. um, whether it's up or down or all, all in one end, there will be a lot of sprints happening. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show. For any listeners who, who don't already follow you, where can they do that? Uh, just uh, Matt Ralph underscore TBG. And of course, brotherlygame.com is where, where, uh, where all our union coverage is. All right. Thank you for, for coming on the show. Find us at blackandredunited.com. If you are listening to this uh, episode late in the week, right before the game on Sunday, and you'd like a little more time to to digest the the, the view from from the other team. Consider joining our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash filibuster, where patrons get act early access to these second episodes. So it's also a great way to to help the show and and make sure we keep producing content for your ears.
your holes. Uh, find us on Twitter at Black and Red United for the website at filibuster DCU for the podcast. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com, whether it's questions, concerns, comments, or advertising increase. We really welcome any communication through that channel. Download, subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcasts. I'm told ratings and reviews are very helpful to help people find the podcast and surface us on those platforms. Mostly though, tell a friend about the show, tell them about the the great insight you got from our guest this week. Um, that's it for us for, for Jason and the absent Ben and, and thanking Matt Ralph one more time. I'm Adam and we'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. I have nothing clever to say. You're still not on a boat, huh? No.